don't, so... Um, how many do you have on your list? I have five. Okay, you did get five. Um, I can I can go off I can go up to ten just off the top of my head, honestly. Well, going smaller might be easier at this point, just because. Hold on, give me a minute. Let me let me make a decision. Okay, okay. I mean, if you want to <coughs> if you want to go smaller, you know, I respect that. Don't be a size queen. <laughs> I gotta do what I gotta do here. Right? Yep. Yep. Let's give out your full home address right now and see how long it takes for someone to come and murder us. Or at least or, well, murder you or because I'll be at my house. Well, that's true. It's convenient for you. We live in America. That's all you need to know. Do we, though? Do we? We could just have really good American accents. We could be Russian spies, man. That's exactly what this is. This is our way of, you know, indoctrinating people. Subliminally inserted throughout the podcast, you will find random numbers. If you sequence these numbers... You will be able to activate a network of sleeper agents across the United States that will help us to overthrow the government. <clears throat> and that was our goal. And that was our goal. <clears throat> That's uh, So yeah. anyway, this is the Subjective Cinephiles podcast, and I'm joined by my friend Adam. Say hi, Adam. Hi, Adam. And my name is Stanton, and we're going to talk about some movies today. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Adam? Um, well, do we want to talk about our top favorites, just to give people Let's, an idea of what we are into? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to be talking about a wide range of movies, so we can, we can give off some of our favorites to give people kind of a, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, a gauge of our tastes. Yeah, a little bit of perspective as far as what we like to kind of see if that aligns with your likings. So... Let's 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 start off with an easy one then. Best movie of all time, go. Uh, <clears throat> all right. So this is rough. So we talked about beforehand, uh, just to kind of give you guys uh, an idea of what we're into. So see if it matches up with what you guys are into, and just to kind of, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I like to listen to people who at least somewhat share my opinions, so I don't listen to something that I don't really want to hear. I don't want to hear people bash my favorite movies or, you know, hear what they like that I don't. So. Hopefully we can align with some of you guys. <clears throat> with that said, Stanton came up with a list. I came up with a list. Uh, my list, I had one hell of a time trying to figure out. I think I'm probably, of the two of us, less... I don't know if picky is the right word. Um, but I would I would agree with that. I would say that you know I can be a little pickier than you yeah. with certain things. You can, you can enjoy... And correct me if I'm wrong, but you can enjoy just about anything like I can too. But I think that <clears throat> maybe I'm a little more forgiving, or maybe I'm more—I don't know—easy to entertain. Maybe is the right word. I don't. I know. can be. I think I can be a bit more critical of certain things. Yeah. Um. But I can definitely appreciate almost anything. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, with, with with that said, I mean my. If I had to pick my top five, well, you said, what's your number one? So let's just go with that. Well, we can um, work our way down or, or whatever <clears throat> you want to do, you know. Well, I'm actually, uh, of everything, surprisingly, I'm actually most comfortable with saying what my number one is because for the longest time I've had a number one. So okay, that was a given for me. Um Obviously, most lists like this, you would go like you know, knock down from five to one. Mm -hmm. Suspense, right? But no, yeah. we're just gonna jump right to the uh, the end credits here. This is what everyone cares about. 
So, you know, if we say, this is my favorite movie, and you think, what? Then that should either inspire you to continue listening or turn off the podcast. And either way, I'm happy. You're right, yeah. Yeah, so this jumps off right off the bat so you don't have to listen or skip to the end. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. uh, Hands down, um, without a doubt, for quite a few years now, or I I don't know how long it's been now, my favorite film of all time would have to be uh, Miami Vice. Yes, I knew this. Yeah. I knew this. Yeah. Um, I thought about it. And just to clarify, we are talking about Michael Mann's Miami yes, Vice. Michael Mann's. I should with have said that. Jamie yeah. Foxx and Colin, Colin Farrell. Farrell. Yes. Not the original. Not the original show. TV show. I've actually never even seen the original with Don Johnson, TV which show. is pretty good. It is pretty good. I think it's on some streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, go on. Yeah, I've I've heard the show actually kind of holds up too. Um, I but that's kind of the thing is it's not it's not my favorite for that reason or like oh well you know I love this film so now I got to watch the show because it has it's it's more of for me my favorite film from a technical and a, a vision perspective and how I would want to be as a director is why I relate to it so much um, okay so it's not so much of an entertainment um, well okay, of course it is like yeah you know very entertaining to me but like I guess my point is, whereas some other people who maybe don't aspire to be a director or do these kinds of things may not look at it, look at it in the same way that I did. So, I have a lot, a lot more deeper feelings about it. Um, anyway, if that makes sense, I don't know. It does. It does. Uh, but yeah, that that hands down. Like I said, um, almost since released, I actually watched. I didn't see it in theaters. First time I ever seen it uh, was I bought the DVD, I believe. Wow. Okay. Um, and you know, knew nothing. Just was like, oh, Colin Farrell. You know, sure. Um, didn't know the director. Well, I think I knew the director, but I didn't know that he was the director at the time. Um, and yeah, watched it for the first time, and I enjoyed it. It was good. I liked it. I think I had a lot of things going on at the time. I was watching with family. I wasn't fully engrossed in it, and it just didn't hit me like it did later. But later, I got a hold of the uh, uh, director's cut, and there are some significant differences. Uh, one in particular um, is the use of music, which I think um, we'll definitely talk about a lot because me and you yes. both have a uh, yeah a lot to say about that. The use of music in, in film, um, but completely changed my outlook on a lot of things. Especially uh, the climax of the film is is like a whole other. Th- it's completely different. Yeah, if you if you haven't seen it and you get the chance to watch it, I mean, by all means, sure, watch both cuts. But the director's cut is so much more. Uh, it just feels so much more right. Um, but yeah, that's I won't. I don't want to spend too much time uh, right now on that. You know, I'm sure. Right meow. <laughs> right meow. Right yeah, meow. You gotta throw some meows in there, of course. Um, but I don't want to dwell too much on that right now because. Uh, one, I can sit here and talk about it forever, go into deep details. But two, we should do eventually um, maybe a discussion about it, you know? Yeah, I would agree with that. So we'll save those comments for then. But yeah, so that one's mine. Um, so. I will say, um, just to touch on the Miami Vice real quick, mm-hmm. um, I have seen it. Uh, I think, you know, it's definitely not bad. Is it my favorite Michael Mann movie? Maybe not. But yeah. I definitely see why you like it so much. Um, 
I had never seen it until actually you lent it to me right after we well, first yeah. became friends. Yeah, it was. Um, I remember shopping with my grampy uh, for games, and they had the Miami Vice PSP game locked up, and I was too young to play M-rated games. And I was like, oh man, I wonder what this game's like. It looks so cool. Right. Um, and I never saw the movie. I never saw the show. Um, but yeah, I would say definitely very good Michael Mann movie. Um, excellent use of digital photography, even though it can right. be a little bit noisy at times. I think it. Looks yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. Absolutely, it can. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, first of all, the, the game I had no idea. Yeah, but... I've never played it even to this day. Um, I just know of it. You said PSP. PSP. I've I owned a PSP one time for about two days. Really? Yeah, and I realized how he- it was actually pretty heavy and inconvenient, and there was not that many games I wanted to play. And I was like, you know what? I don't really want this. Ah uh, man, you know, I was always <clears throat> more of a more of a PSP than Nintendo guy. Honestly, like really? I had both, but wow. I I carried my PSP with me everywhere. I remember using it on airplanes huh. and like you know all of these great PSP games that I got into. Um, big fan of the 300. Actually, had a great PSP game. Really? Uh, yeah, that's surprising. Surprisingly enough, there were a lot of good licensed PSP games you wouldn't expect. I think the most I ever played, I played—I don't even remember what one it was—but I played a Splinter Cell game. That was one of okay. the few games I got for it. Yeah, I mean, I probably just didn't give it its—you know—a good run. Part of that is I never went a lot of places to give me a reason to—you know—use something mobile. Um, for one, uh, and two, I think just. Uh, lack of games like i said i just didn't give it a very a very good shake and i was young and it was just like oh well i'm not really playing it i'm gonna get this money back and get something i do want you know yeah the money for that was like this is the most money i'm gonna have in years so i'm gonna get that back um i definitely know how that goes right so yeah um well right. now before we go off on a psp tangent because we, <laughs> right, we'll have right. to we'll, come, we'll revisit this subject at a later date we'll do a psp special <laughs> um i would say my top film of all time is lost in translation directed by sofia coppola right uh starring bill murray and scarlett johansson scarlett johansson i don't know if it's her first film role but she's quite young in it um it was bill murray uh, he won Best Actor. Or no, he didn't win Best Actor. What am I saying? He was nominated for Best Actor um, at the Oscars, if you think that means anything. Um, and it's it. I watched it at a point in my life where, you know, I was going through some, some things personally, and I've heard the film described as kind of an ode to, to loneliness. I viewed it more as, like, it's two people who are kind of drifting through life, and they don't know what they're trying to do. They don't know what exactly they want to do with their lives. One is just starting out. She's very young. The other one has an established career. But they're both kind of aimless. And so it shows that no matter how who you are or how old you, how old you are, um, you can still suffer that kind of malaise, I guess. I don't know. That, that, that kind of feeling of what am i doing with my life you know you you never quite have it figured out is 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 one thing i take away from that movie which i think is is a good message because not everybody figured you know you don't always figure it all out right away you know it takes a while to figure out who you are and what you're doing with your life and, and all this stuff 
Um, not to mention it has some gorgeous uh, Tokyo cinematography. Um, one of the main reasons why I want to visit Tokyo is because of that movie, ironically. Um, and some some pretty good bit uh, bit performances from uh, Giovanni Ribisi and Anna Faris as well. Damn good cast in that That's movie. That's right, I forgot he's in that. Um, have you seen it? No. Okay. So yeah, I'm still. <clears throat> so I don't. I won't get into spoilers with it then, because I I do want to watch it with you at some point. Yeah. 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 As far as uh, I think we can both safely say, but well, yeah, our our favorite uh, films. We we've known for a while now. We told each other that much. Um, but yeah, I'm still guilty of having not seen that. But yeah, part of that is a lot of the time we try to watch movies together. Um, which is difficult. Uh, our jobs don't allow us to have too much time. Uh, and now we're trying to do this, um, but that's going to be part of the um, what we hope to do from here on out. Um, it, you know, of course, try to watch movies together still, but also we'll try to incorporate some kind of homework, so to speak. So you know, maybe each week we'll tell each other, okay, well, this movie you got to watch, or this movie you watch, and or maybe we both got to watch it because we haven't seen it, or maybe we just want to freshen up on it because we're going to talk about it in the next podcast. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm guilty of still having not seen that. But I, of course, want to. Um, you know, actor-wise, I definitely, uh, definitely appreciate um, uh, Murray. Of course, Bill Murray is um, my favorite actor as well. Um, I will say. Oh yeah, I don't. Maybe you told me that. I don't know. He's he has such a range because you can yeah. you can view him on Saturday Night Live, like early SNL, and in Caddyshack, and uh, in Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day gets a little bit more serious. Um, right. But then he veers into Lost in Translation, which is mostly drama with some comedic elements. And right. then he does, I don't know if you've ever seen Broken Flowers by no. uh, Jim Jarmusch, but that is a very good serious Murray movie. Um, I hadn't seen anything except for Caddyshack and, uh, um, or I mean Groundhog Day. Okay. And uh, what else was it? I can't remember. I've seen like, I don't know, I'd only seen a couple uh, Bill Murray films actually. When I saw... Um, uh, what's that zombie flick with uh, Zombieland? Yeah, Zombieland. When I saw that, and I saw Murray's, you know, uh, cameo or whatever you want to call it, in that that was first time I'd seen him in a long time, and I was like, oh, I forgot he even existed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I was talking to someone the other day, and the subject came up, and I told them my favorite actor was Bill Murray, and they actually said to me, oh, the guy from Zombieland. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've never seen him in anything oh, wow. else. Is he well, in, is he in a lot think, of movies? Today's generation, and I mean that's true. That's, that's true. You, or I mean, us, whatever. You but, know, yeah, we're uh, we're the youngins, but we're the cultured youngins. At least you are. I'm a little older, but yeah, but yeah. I, so they, you know, that's what they know. But I mean, there is there was that new uh, uh, film with Adam Driver and him. Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Was it with the zombies? Uh, yeah. The Dead Don't Die. Yeah. That yeah, was another yeah, Jim Jarmusch yeah, yeah. movie. Is it? Okay, yeah. see, I didn't even mm -hmm. know who. I just yeah. uh, saw it on one of the streaming services one night. I don't remember which one it was, and I gave it a shot. Um, maybe if you ever watch it, we'll have to talk about that one. Okay, uh, okay. There's a lot I could say about that. But, um, but yeah, I absolutely see what you mean about Murray. He is very diverse, and he can he can definitely do some, some great roles. Uh, so, but, yeah. What would uh, what would you say another one of your favorites of all time would be? Hmm. Yeah, so that's where it gets hard, I guess, because I can get definitive. But um, when I start thinking about anything that comes after that, it's like I, I can definitely name you some names, but then I'm like, oh, but there's this, 
Oh, but the, is this better than this? Do I like this better? Than I know how that goes. Oh. Yeah, and then I go on and on until I've got like a hundred movies, and I'm like, I don't know where they stand, but here's a hundred. <laughs> you know what? Uh, well, I could narrow it down. We could narrow it down a bit and say uh, more in the realm of like sci-fi horror, mm-hmm. since we're we're going to talk about Possessor later. That's a good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, just go ahead and reference that so you guys know what's coming. We're gonna, uh, of course, we'll probably mention that somewhere in the title or description. But we're gonna talk about Possessor. Uh, we, I just saw that Stanton had recommended, and then we watched it together. Uh, we got a lot to talk about about that. But yeah, to stick to that genre, sci-fi horror. Um. Well, I mean. I would probably also categorize this film in maybe my top 25, um, if I'm just off the top or off the cuff here thinking. Yeah. Um, but I you know, just recently uh, uh, got it on 4K and rewatched it um, with my son actually. Um, Alien. Oh yeah, yeah. I would okay. have to All have right. to put Alien. I mean, you say sci-fi, Alien automatically just pops into my head, and then you say horror, it's like okay, yeah. I would, I mean, yeah, Alien is so good. Um, Ridley Scott does such a good job in that yeah. movie. And um, the creature design is so unparalleled. And it's, it's, yeah, I could talk for, I could talk a lot about Alien, oh, yeah. actually. When you, I mean, when you talk about uh, films in general, and you've got all these different categories and all these different, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, uh, the story, the plot, the acting, the cinematography, the whatever, you know, all these different things. Um, when you say, you know, if you were to say, hey, what's some of your favorite films that just have an incredible atmosphere? Aliens, like, yeah, you know? Yeah. I immediately think of Alien. That right there alone. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting there watching it with my wife and my son. My son's deeply into it. But my wife, one of the things she says about a quarter of the way through, she's like, it's so quiet. But not because it's so you're so i don't know if it's on edge or you're you're thinking about i don't know i don't know what it is but there's just so much going on even in the even in the silence of some of the scenes because they just do such an incredible job creating such a great atmosphere in that movie i would agree some some killer sound design oh yeah some absolutely design as well oh yeah sound design production design yeah i mean i mean the uh it you know so much has been said and so much has been written about the works of H.R. Uh, Geiger, who oh, designed yeah. the Xenomorph mm-hmm. and, and uh, a lot of the environments for the film and his, you know, biomechanical, erotic artwork that <laughs> is very... It's, it's interesting, it's thought-provoking, it's uncomfortable to look at, but it's, it's, it's haunting, you know, it's, it's, it's haunting in a way. Yeah. Um, and that uh, adds a lot to the overall atmosphere of the film, I would say. Absolutely, yep. Uh, I actually saw this uh, article online. Some auction house in L.A. is selling a bunch of iconic props, and one of the prototype uh, alien xenomorph costumes oh, that was wow. designed by Geiger um, is going up for sale. Oh, my God. That, that's a pretty penny. That has got to sell for so much oh, cash. Yeah. It's crazy. Some ridiculously rich dude's going to have that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Now... For my pick for uh, sci-fi horror, I would say I could go in a few different directions. 
Um, I could actually go for David Cronenberg, who is the dad of the guy who directed Possessor, Brandon Cronenberg. But I have to go for an all-time classic sci-fi horror, body horror movie, um, John Carpenter's The Thing. Oh, yeah. why did I think of The Thing? Yep, yep. See? And then there I go again. Yep. I'm like, wait, no, that's mine. Give yep, me that one. Yep, yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, wow. The the effects work in that movie, the, the suspense, um, the the gorgeous cinematography, like the, the Arctic wasteland, it's oh, so yeah. foreboding. And you'd seem so desolate, like you can you can imagine yourself in this place and just being totally stranded with with these other people and thinking, you know, which one of them is is potentially the alien, which who can still be trusted. Um, not to mention, you know, there's the psychological aspect. Not to mention the body horror aspect of it. Um, human insect hybrids really get me. You might know that about yeah. me. I think I've said that yeah. before. Yes. But um, the scene in the thing where the the head detaches and sprouts spider legs and starts oh, to, yeah. to crawl away. That gets me every single time. Yes. Um, and the effects in that movie, except for the claymation stuff, and even that can hold up if you it like it, you can appreciate it. It right. doesn't hold right. up, but even you can appreciate up, that yeah. some some effort went to it. Um, a lot of the effects work really holds up. Um, and it it ends on a not really an ambiguous note but you know you there are theories online as to whether or not mcready 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 maybe rj like, mcready is that his name well now that you say rj i feel like it's okay. gotta be mcready you know what this is why we didn't have like a laptop in front of us for fact checking stuff we're gonna we're gonna get better at this yeah yeah um but anyway uh kurt russell's character um there's there's plenty of theorizing online about whether or not he's truly infected and and not infected, um, and it, it's hard to say. You know, I don't, I don't want to think one way or the other. Um, you could go the more nihilistic option and think he is infected, and that eventually he's going to meet up with with uh, the rest of the planet and and take over. Because think about it, an organism like that, if it reaches like a population center, oh, yeah. is going to just take over like nobody's business. Yeah, exactly. Like it would, it would grow like like a wildfire like overnight like that would, the whole cities would be gone in the blink of an eye um you've seen Rick and Morty right yeah you know the the Cronenberg world like episodes where all they like the world gets really messed up and everyone is super mutated and grotesque oh, yeah, and gross of course yeah um it's like that it would be like that like just waves of just like monsters eating people yeah it would be terrible Quite honestly, that wow. could make for a pretty interesting. You it would, know. yeah. I mean, you're talking uh, that would be on an epic scale to really show that. But absolutely, I mean, wow. I mean, not. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want another. You know, uh, the thing um, in a continuation form like that. You know, like a sequel. But, but at the same time, like yeah, that'd be super interesting to see what really i don't know is it better left ambiguous and just thinking about it or is or would you if if you could if you know under the best circumstances uh, you know uh getting the right people to do it would you want to see that is that something you'd or just leave it as is better left ambiguous um i would rather just see it left as is honestly i think a lot of franchises get revisited over the years and usually 
Cash it's grab. just to milk it. Um, oh. I don't know if you ever saw the prequel, um, the thing that came out in, I think, 2011 yeah. with Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, yeah. Yep. One of uh, my biggest problems with that movie is they actually shot the whole movie with practical effects, but they replaced them with CG in post for whatever reason. What? Yep. Um, I did not know that. Yep. So the biggest criticism of this movie that a lot of people have is that the movie has nothing but garbage CG effects. But I think that with a movie that good and effects that good and just an atmosphere it's so chilling, I think it really just needs to be left alone. Um, there are movies that have been made in similar veins. There's one that I just thought of that I have seen called The Void. Have you ever seen this movie? No, I it don't think so. It came out in 2016, and I have seen it once. It was quite good. No, it's, it's that new. Um, Canadian movie. It was about a cop who runs into a guy um, who's seems to be on drugs or out of it and takes him to the hospital. And then all this weird stuff starts happening. Um, like, the building gets surrounded by these mysterious hooded cultists that have this, like... Uh, triangular shape kind of pyramid figure uh or form on their shape like the what am i trying to say uh like drawn on their hoods makes me think of pyramid head from uh silent, silent hill. hill yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's gonna come to me um and then eventually like creatures something starts to sprout from this person and you don't know what it is and you don't know what's going on really but the practical effects, I don't want to say anything else for risk of spoilers because it's a, it's a, it's a very good movie and I highly recommend it if you like uh, body horror and uh, sci-fi horror and movies with really good practical effects. But The Void um, has a, a similar kind of chilling atmosphere of like you don't know who to trust, you don't know what exactly is going on. But I will say it ends on a much more, um, it ends on a much stranger note. I will say that much. Really? Yep. Okay, well, yeah, definitely, I'll give it a shot. Um, yeah, I said, like, I was like, oh, that's relatively new, but holy shit, 2016, that's, time flies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems new, but think about <laughs> yeah. it, like, that was... Uh, five years ago? Yep, five yeah. years ago, time wow. flies. Time um, flies when you're, uh, miserable. <laughs> yeah, time flies when you're in a pandemic. Yep, yep. Um, well, okay, anyway, so... Uh, I want us to get caught up too much. We still got to get to Possessor, but I want us to, uh, since we've already gone for two, might as well go for three, right? Um, so I don't think this really went in a traditional way for me because, like I said, I guess Alien, even Alien in the Thing, um, definitely could be in my top 25, but maybe once I fully thought about it, it'd be in the top 50. I don't know, but absolutely, they're some of my favorites. Um, with that said, um... I think I might be able to somewhat definitively definitively say uh, what one more of maybe my top three would be. Um, do you have... Uh, I know you said you had your list, but do you definitely have like a, a second to get back onto that rather than just going with the genre? Um, like a, a second just of all time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Okay, go ahead. Well, if you go ahead and go with yours, and then I'll, I'll finish um, it up. I would say... Number two for me of all time would be Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
I actually just put that one in my Amazon cart for 4K. <laughs> yes, I have that. I have a steelbook, actually. Oh, he always gets the steelbooks. I never yes. get the steelbooks. Yep. I love... I'm always lead to the game. I love uh, stuff to take up space and, and put on my shelves. Hell yeah. I love That's it. That's what it's all about. Um, <laughs> but yeah, The Shining, it's a fantastic movie. Um, I think uh, a bit has been said recently about the production. Um, I don't know if you know about this. Shelley Duvall... Um, has come out in interviews. It's been known for a long time that when the movie was made, Stanley Kubrick oh, yes, mistreated her severely um, to allegedly, to supposedly um, elicit a better performance. And no one should be abused to make art. I think that's that's clear. Um, she has come out in interviews and said that she thought it was not worth it, but that the means, the ends justify the means, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I think it definitely worked. I mean, I think that her performance definitely shows that she's, you know, on the verge of cracking. Yeah. Um, and there's a behind-the-scenes documentary directed by Stanley Kubrick's doctor, or doctor, what am I saying? <laughs> there's a behind-the-scenes documentary directed by Stanley Kubrick's... a little Kubrick's bit of a weird relationship there. <laughs> daughter. Uh, his doctor, who happens to be his daughter, I don't know if you know this. Um, Vivian, who, she actually shot it... I don't know how old she was at the time, but she shot it on set while they were making The Shining. Um, it's like a half hour, I think. And it shows him, you know, telling people, don't sympathize with Shelley, you know, don't, don't, don't don't worry about Shelly, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff, and she shows, like, her hair is falling out. But ultimately, and then Jack Nicholson also admitted, you know, they were were both kind of hard on her. And, you know, I don't, I don't know. I can't say the ends justify the means. I can't say that, you know, it was wrong of, it was, it certainly wasn't right of him to do that. I don't know if I can say that it was wrong of him to do that. Um, What I can say is, uh, It turned out. What I can say is that the 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 film turned out to be damn good. It's right. it creates a chilling atmosphere as well. Right. Um, Not that it justifies it or anything, but no, no. But the um, end result, yeah. I think that that's just something now that, if you're talking about The Shining with today's climate, um, I think that. Uh, and you'll get there, and, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. You'll get there. Hmm. The climate episode. Yeah, I just started uh, um, sunny. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Um, but I think that talking about uh, The Shining nowadays, you know, you, you can't ignore that. You have to talk about the fact that one of the actresses, one of the main actresses, was in a way, you know, abused to make the, the, the film. And yeah, that's, well, and I that's think... not okay. But the film itself, I would still say, is a, is a very good horror film. I definitely recommend it. I would imagine that regardless, you know, she would probably... You know what happened happened. So you know, to at least say, hey, I mean, your she performance doesn't. Was incredible. Yeah. She doesn't hold. <laughs> she doesn't hold Stanley Kubrick accountable. I mean, he is dead now. Not that that excuses anything. Right. I mean, just as soon as someone dies, it doesn't mean that you know, whatever they did is fine. That it didn't matter. Right. But you know, she she doesn't. It doesn't seem like she holds any grudges. She doesn't regret it. Um, interestingly enough, changing, uh, kind of shifting gears here. When The Shining first came out, it was critically panned. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. Um, it was actually, I think, I believe it was nominated for several 
Golden Raspberry Awards. Hmm. Um, actually, Shelley Duvall was nominated for Worst Actress. Wow. I believe Stanley Kubrick was nominated for Worst Director. Um, and I've always thought that that was just insane. Yeah, I, I can understand some people, maybe it just not resonating with them, but like, or not being someone's cup of tea or whatever, but like, how can you knock the acting? I mean, come on. Yeah. In my opinion, I mean... I mean, I, I, I can't sit there and say that the film has any bad performances at all. Yeah. Huh. It's funny how that happens, you know? How something can... It's kind of like... with the, I don't want to jump into that, but with the Star Wars movies, you know? Everybody hated the prequels, and then mm -hmm. we got the sequels, and now they're like, well, maybe the prequels weren't so bad. Mm -hmm. Um... That's a subject for a different day, believe me. Yes. That's that's a deep, dark, and much larger subject. That, well, you know, that'll be our 12-hour Christmas special, everybody. <laughs> right? Star Wars Christmas special. Um, yep. We gotta do it now. We said it. Yep. It's gotta happen. Absolutely. Maybe not 12 hours. Hold ourselves accountable. 12 straight hours of Star Wars. If you guys want it, let us know. Yes. Um. So... I, I guess you're done there, right? With that, um, I yeah, I would say you know we can. The Shining may be something we revisit yes, in the future, absolutely. But you know, a lot has been said about it. I mean, I, I'm not sure if there's anything we could say that's all that fresh, but I certainly have things to say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, we'll definitely revisit that. Uh, with that said, um, I guess I wanted to go last year because. I want to preface um, what film this is before I say anything. Uh, well, I'll go ahead and go with the director, um, M. Night Shyamalan. Okay. A lot of people hate M. Night Shyamalan, or at least just don't like his movies. Um, I myself am not that familiar. I right. have seen uh, two of his films. Right. What are the ones you've seen? I forget. I've seen The Happening, which is the best one, obviously. Uh, yeah, yeah, you had to go and see the best one. And I've seen The Sixth Sense. Okay, well, at least there's that. Um, aside from that, I have not seen any of his films. Okay. So, go on. So, everybody has their opinions, obviously, of M. Night Shyamalan. I am probably in one of the more rare uh, positions on him. Um, his films nowadays... I, honestly, you wouldn't think he's the same guy. Um, I don't get it. Uh, he went from... Something I have to this day still not seen in any director, and I'm not talking about like the twist endings. Everybody always goes to that when they talk about him. Night, it's always that's the know. first thing you think of. Yeah, right? is, is and of course, and I ending. get that 100, absolutely. But for me, it was never the twist endings. It was something different that he puts into his into his movies that are just it's hard to put into words. Um but if you did, there'd be a lot of them. Like, the heart that he puts into it, um, the deeper meanings, um, things that I didn't know how to put into um, feelings and things that I had growing up even that I didn't know how to put into words or describe, but he put it on film. Um, and it might not make much sense. Maybe it only makes sense in my head. But I definitely see what you're saying. Um but as a kid, I went through, you know, in growing up, I mean, everyone does, but you go through a lot of different things and, uh, and experiences and, you know, you got to try and figure out. Um, and his films helped me with that a lot, surprisingly. Um, 
and well, I'll go ahead and say so. My my favorite film or second favorite here, we'll say, uh, which would probably be a close contender uh, with with Miami Vice. Miami Vice being more of on the technical uh, reasoning for being my favorite, whereas this one, Lady in the Water, um, mm. is more of well. Well, let me just get into to why. So, um, Lady in the Water, it, to me, uh, and, and, you know, maybe I'm reading way too much into his direction um, and what he had in mind. Um, there was even an interview where he came out and said that he regretted making the film and that he don't know what he was doing. And then he also went back on that and said that he loved the film and what he had created. Um, so I think, I honestly, I could be wrong, but I just think that he's had such a tough go. He don't know what the hell he's doing anymore. He's just trying to appease people sometimes. And then sometimes he's like, well, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. what it feels like. Like, he can't make up his mind. He wants to, to please people, but at the same time, he wants to do his own thing. Maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But, um, but yeah, he was he was making films on a completely different level, like I said, and now it seems like he's just churning out like, you know, what what everyone else is. That's just kind of yeah. making movies to make movies, whether it's a horror movie or a suspense, and it's just your cookie cutter, you know, okay, okay, uh, experience. And that started for me, at least from what I noticed with the happening, it all went downhill from there. Um, he's had some decent ones. But nothing stand out, you know? Nothing that, like... But anyway, I don't want to delve too much into just him in general. I can save that for another time. Uh, but Lady in the Water, yeah. So, um, it was created or written as a fairy tale that he could read to his daughter. Um, okay. It very much is uh, science fiction. Um, but the movie and its concepts and everything, the plot and the, and the deeper meaning, it all touches on such a more human level. Um, even though it's, it's a fairy tale, so to speak, it, it touches on so much humanity, so much that like things, like I said, that as a, as a growing up as a teenager and, and a young adult that I was trying to figure out and things that I was, I don't know what you want to call it, wrestling with. Um, I don't want to get, like, super deep here, but, like, a lot of uh, what I was experiencing was thoughts on, like, um, religion, what to believe, what not to believe, um, you know, what's it all mean shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, In the horribleness of the world. Like, you know, seeing as a kid being shielded from most of it, but as I grew up, seeing what, what it's really like, seeing all the all the death all the the horrible diseases and things that people just you know are, that are out of our hands but that just creates such a a terrible world if you look at that side of it you know um and this movie really just i i want i wish you know we gotta you gotta see it first of all okay uh, okay obviously stanton has not seen it i definitely want to do a cast on this um because I, I could go on and on um but it just, to me, a great film makes you feel a spectrum of emotions. And that's what it did for me. There was moments I felt extremely angry, and you feel it with the other characters. You know, you, there's moments of, I mean, I cried. Multiple times mm. cried. The, the ending, if you let yourself feel it, you know, if you really think about it, and if you if you don't, 
dwell on the negatives of it. Like it, it just really got to me. Okay. Um, Who's and in it's, it? It's hilarious at times too. Um, but it is just, yeah. It, honestly, it, even you know, reminiscing of it now, it'd be tough to. Again, like I said, I'm terrible at this. I can't. I can't place numbers on things. But yeah, I would almost go as to say number one. You know. Uh, but yeah, Lady in the Water. Um, like I said, a lot of people it? probably hate it. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard okay. is um, the Lady in the Water. Um, oh gosh, what is his name? Um, see, this is why we need a laptop. We'll have to look that up. Maybe you can look it up. Lady All in right. the Water. I'll whip out the uh, the Google machine <laughs> here real quick. All right, Paul Giamatti. Yes, thank okay. you. There we go. Okay. I said his name earlier. Anyway. Um, which have, have you ever seen him in anything? Oh well, yeah, I love Paul Giamatti. Okay, making sure. Uh, big fan. Uh, he is fantastic in this. Like the amount of emotion that this guy shows without even saying words. Um, I, I don't want to go into any spoilers or any details, but I mean, one, it's an extremely old film, so if you haven't seen it by now, I'll go ahead and say spoilers slightly. Again, I'm not going to spoil it for Stanton here, but. But I guess you could say you learn early on. You can't see right now, but I'm actually plugging my ears. <laughs> you learn or very early on about this. It's not a secret. Um, it's just that you know I would rather you, of course. Anyway, uh, that he has or had a family, um, a little girl uh, and a wife, and you don't know why, but they're not with him anymore. Um, and him dealing with and coping with that and finding his place in the world after that and. Um, you know, thoughts of, you know, just where do you go when something like that happens to you? Your whole life just gets up, you know, turned upside down. And, and um, the connections with these characters, um, it, the cast is incredible. I wish I knew all the names of the characters, but it's an ensemble of just uh, these people that live in this apartment complex. Um, God, I'm terrible at remembering things. What the it doesn't matter what the apartment complex is called, but in uh, the way they all come together and interact with each other, and how they help each other, and the relationships that they share, and um, I can't honestly say that any one of them have any negatives or any any downsides. They are all incredible. I mean, even if their performances weren't necessarily you know top tier, it, they they still they did an incredible job with with it and. Uh, yeah, so I hope that you get to see that soon, so so we can delve deeper into that. Because I want to do us, you know, not worry about spoilers and talk all about it. Because that's it's so difficult. There's so much I want to say, but I can't. So, yeah, Lady in the Water, absolutely fantastic film. Definitely one of my top three, and I'll leave it at that. Speaking of Paul Giamatti, who is someone that I am a big fan of, uh, one. Paul Giamatti performance that I'm thinking of right now that is pretty good is in a movie called Shoot 'em Up with Clive Owen. I forgot about that movie. Most yes. people have. Yeah. It's a 2007 movie directed by Michael Davis, who also directed Monster Man, yep. uh, starring Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti, and Monica Bellucci. Hell, I forgot about Clive Owen, too. There is. The, one of the most memorable scenes in that movie, really, is one part where Clive Owen, and I think it's Clive Owen and Monica Bellucci, are having sex, right? And he's like, he's he's got her, and she's got his legs wrapped around him. Or she's got her legs wrapped around him. <laughs> right. And he's standing, and they're like, they're, you know, they're doing it. 
well he's like running around shooting guys all the time yes it's so interesting oh, it's yes. weird it's a very strange action yes. movie i would definitely recommend that that's like some uh crank level action there yeah crank that movie <laughs> that's another one yeah that had to have come after that, right? Crank, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Crank, I think, was 04. Because Crank yeah. was, like, right around... Crank was, like, after Transporter for Jason Yeah, Statham. that's right. I think that was after yeah. he, he hit hit it big with that's Transporter. That's right, because I was thinking of Statham and thinking that he got his start with... Uh, or his big break with Crank. But no, that was... Transporter probably got him, really. Yeah. The first... Uh, actually, the first movie that I ever saw him in was Transporter 2. Which I believe, if I can look this up here real quick, came out in 2005. It was directed by this guy, Louis Leterrier, Leterrier, hmm. um, who did Now You See Me, The Incredible Hulk, um, some okay movies. Yeah. Um, it's got that, that action style of like a lot of quick cuts or jump yeah, cuts. You're you know? right. Yeah, you're right. It's definitely not Statham's best movie. Right. Um, got kind of off track there. I forgot about like some of his, not to still keep going off track, but like that fighting style. Like that was different. Because when I think about, and then I'm going to jump on another tangent, but like John Wick and his, you know, gun foo. Yeah. Like that was so, that was another like, okay, this is different. But, yeah, his fighting style and the way he utilized, like, everything in his environment, that was different, and we haven't seen that in a while. That was really unique. I think that was maybe not narratively, certainly not narratively, but action-wise, I think that Transporter and the Bourne movies um, are a little bit similar. Bourne, damn it, yeah, and then Bourne is, like, parkour. Yeah, there's the parkour, yeah. and then there's also the the shaky cam aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, like, oh god, the shaky. I loved it then. Now I feel like after it's uh, good up until you've seen John Wick. Yeah, and once you, you once see you've that, seen John Wick, and you think, okay, this is the way action is meant to be filmed. Oh, I see who's getting hit now. Yes. It's not just a jumbled mess of yeah. I oh man, think about seeing a movie with Bourne and uh, and Statham. Oh man, and uh, of course Wick. Yeah. And then, like, throw in, I don't know, who's another, like, it's got a signature fighting style, so mm. to speak, Jackie Chan. He's just, like, diving through small holes and shit. We'll, <laughs> just, we'll import Solid Snake into reality. And he there can do you CQC go. Fighting, there you go. Fighting these guys. I was thinking Tom Cruise for a minute, but you don't. I don't think you know the Mission Impossible movies very well. Uh, no, I've never seen any of those. Because he just pretty much runs all the time. Yeah. So Tom Cruise would just Pumping be running. Pumping arm run. I know the Family Guy bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Where Tom yeah. Cruise is, like, two feet tall. <laughs> he's got big teeth. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Statham's, like, wrapping people up with, like, fire hoses and random shit, throwing yes. mugs at people, and John Wick's, you know, just capping fools, and... <clears throat> I would watch Tom that. Tom Cruise is just running away the whole time. Yes, well, as he should be. Tiny, tiny Tom uh, Cruise, man. Of course, don't away. forget about Matt Damon parkouring everywhere. Yes, Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon, the king of the uh, king of MCU cameos. Yes. I mean, I was just rewatching. Uh, which one is it? Where he's the the redneck in the back of the truck? Um, is that Captain Marvel, or is that? Uh, hmm. I know it's not Thor, because Thor is the one where he well, plays one of the actors in Asgard. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't know the one where he's in in like the back. He's the redneck. That's wasn't that Deadpool two? 
because like Cable walks up and he he's stealing their truck and they've got the beer. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure. I'm so he's got sure. one MCU cameo and yeah. one non MCU cameo, I guess. Makes sense. <clears throat> he does a lot of cameos. It's like I wouldn't say it's a good film, but that Euro Trip movie. Did yeah. you ever see that? No. We've talked about but, it. Yeah, that's right. I thought I talked to you about that. Yeah. Yeah, he does some weird cameos. Um. All right, so we really jumped around there, got all the way to Marvel. Let's stop before we. Yeah, we don't want to go off on that tangent. Yeah, we get on that's that another, train. We're never getting. We're off. avoiding the big nerd trains, the big <clears throat> nerd tangents that we could definitely go down because we are big nerds. Oh, Make no mistake. God, yes, yeah, we we could go on and on. Um. um Speaking of that, though, I mean, I don't know if we will ever delve into that, but you got to watch WandaVision. He has not watched yes, I do need any to see, WandaVision yet. I need to see WandaVision. And then we do need to talk about that, because i got a lot I want to say about that. Okay, okay. Um, anyway, um, let's, now that we're like 10 hours into this, let's get into uh, we, to Possessor. We do want to do that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll continue on the next podcast, guys. Like now that. a word from our sponsor. Yes. It's not Manscaped. That's what every podcast is sponsored by Manscaped or Raycon or Raid Shadow Legends. Yes, Raid, yeah, of course. Once we get sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends, then you know know we've we've made made it big. Or we've made it not so big, depending (laughs) on how you want to look at it. Now I feel sad. Okay, anyway, uh, Possessor is what we're going to be talking about. Um, I've got to let you uh, carry this one or start it off. So... Possessor came out last year, uh, written and directed by Brandon Cronenberg, who is the son of David Cronenberg, one of the all-time greats of uh, body horror and horror in general, um, starring Andrea Riceborough, Christopher Abbott, and Sean Bean, as well as Jennifer Jason Leigh. Um, made in Canada. Uh, definitely not a mainstream release. Um, it's on streaming. Um, I would recommend the uncut version if you're going to watch it. Yes. And let me say before we go any further, you would not know that Sean Bean is in this movie. If you, like, blink, you would not know Sean Bean was in this movie. he is in it very briefly. (laughs) Yeah. But it... I will not spoil anything, but I will say that his appearance did... Well, you know, I mean... We'll spoil it later on. But for now, I'll say his appearance subverted my expectations. Yeah. Yeah, let's... Okay, so we'll start this off by just getting it out of the way, kind of our initial, um, just, uh, I guess you could say review, just what we think of the film, and, you know, spoiler-free. I won't spend too much time on that, because the fun stuff is in the spoiler section, so then we'll talk about spoilers, and we'll talk about deeper things that we think. So, um, if you don't mind, I'll go ahead and say, because I actually have a lot of things that I've just, uh, it's running through my yeah, head. Yeah, you've here. been holding on to them for a few days now, so. Yeah. About a week now, actually. That's so, right. Yeah. So we've actually been, we were going to do this sooner, and we just kept getting delayed, delayed, delayed. So finally, uh, we're getting into this, and so my memory may be fuzzy on some things, but it also did something else for me that I wanted to talk about, because initially when we watched it, right off the bat, I was... Probably, if we were to to use numbers on this, I'd probably be at a hard nine, maybe a little lower. I think really? is what I initially okay. said. Okay. I was definitely really high up there. I was yeah. like, uh, you know, entertainment wise, I was glued. It was fantastic. I really enjoyed it. I liked the um, the violence of it. it, not in like a I liked seeing violence what kind of way, but like it was done very well. Right, of course. Um, 
uh, yeah, but I was definitely high up there. And not to say that I'm not now, but it's kind of like, that's the thing. I, I started thinking deeper about this. I was just driving earlier, and I was like, you know, when you watch a movie and you always have that initial feelings and thoughts and reaction about it, um, I think it's safe to say that 90% of the time it's more positive than it's going to be later. Like, nine times out of ten, your initial reaction is probably... In rare circumstances, it could be the exact opposite. You could initially be like, I didn't really enjoy that, and watch it again later and be like, oh, okay, now I kind of see. But a lot of the times, at least for me, it's my initial reaction is like, that was great, you know, I had a good time, and you're still fresh off the moments, you know. But then later you think deeper, and then you start to see things you didn't see before or think about before and maybe lessens it a little bit yeah um so it's kind of like well what's more important that or the entertainment value of just that's what we go to movies for right you know just that like having a good time and that well for some people um so it's getting too deep in thought here but my point of all this is just to say that i had the initial reaction of saying a, a good nine and i think it's gone a little bit lower just for a few reasons but okay i'm interested yeah, so, uh, but some of those reasons um, are just, are also just off the fact that this is, at least in my opinion, a hard movie to watch. Like, okay. not always, and, and not all the moments, but like some of them are definitely, especially towards the end, are definitely really difficult to watch and not fun to watch for me. Like, we talked about this earlier, like, you said you're really into the, uh, what I don't want to put words in your mouth what was it you said you were talking about the we were like oh sometimes that's how life is right mm. the, the negative aspects of things uh you tend to like the i mean i do i i, I appreciate a downer ending and right i can appreciate a, a a bittersweet ending or something that ends on a a, a downer note as opposed to happy cheery everybody right. you know everything works out all right in the end Right. Because I think that's a little bit more realistic sometimes. Right, I mean, that's um, quite true. That's Absolutely. not to say that I can't appreciate a happy ending. Obviously, you know, everyone can enjoy a happy ending, but I think that it needs to feel earned. I don't think that, you know, if you want to just write your characters into these messed up situations and then write them back out of it <laughs> yeah, um, and just, you know, tie everything up with a nice, neat bow where everything, every, everyone ends up, you know, happy and, you know, squeaky clean in the end, it's a little bit boring. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But that's just me. No, no, absolutely. That's uh and I agree with you. Um but on that note that yeah, you definitely enjoy that I think more than I do. Um not to say that I want a happy cookie cutter ending or anything like that. It's just that I en I enjoy watching them less. Okay. Um and not just when it's a negative or a, a realistic or bad ending, just that it's again, like I said, just really difficult to watch. Mm -hmm. Um so to say that like to go back and watch it again uh like my wife watched it with us but she didn't make it through and then she went back and finished it um she had asked me if i wanted to you know for, to rewatch it with her and i'm like uh no that was rough you know that was uh, mm -hmm. i had i, I want to like get a uh, a palate cleanser you know let's, let's look at some puppies and then yeah i'll, I'll yeah. watch it with you you know yeah uh but Okay, so just to dive a little bit into it, um, just to give my uh, impressions here, and then I'll, I'll hold it off or hand it off to you. Um, everything from a technical aspect, from a direct uh, director's aspect, like I mean, yeah, fantastic. Um, it 
it hit all the right points. I really loved the futuristic aspect of it, and not that you know they didn't hammer it like into you that it was like over the top futuristic. You know, I loved that. Oh, what one of the best things I can say about this, um, and what really uh, what I really love about this film is not once does it hold your hand or try to like you're never getting anything spoon-fed to you about what's going on about the plot or anything it's it's definitely just like drops you into this world into this person's life or well people but uh in just okay now watch what happens that's it it's not you know not once uh yeah, just spoon-fed exposition or anything. It, yeah, I love that, and I think that that's one of its strongest points that a lot of films have a rough time with, and sometimes it just can't be helped. You gotta, you know, you gotta get that narrative out somehow. But um, yeah, I love that, and there were many moments I found myself like, because I was just so deeply into it, I'd look at Stanton and be like, "So what does this mean? Or what's happening? Or uh, not not like in a confused way, but like a does this mean this or or because this happened, can this happen? Like, you know, trying to figure out the world and, like, expecting him to have the answers because he's seen it. But, like, you'll, you'll figure out what you need to know by the end of the movie. Yeah. And you're not left with a whole lot of questions. Uh, maybe some deeper meaning questions, like, what did the what did they mean by this? Or what was the director trying to convey? Or, like, but nothing that's, like, leaves you feeling, you know, unfinished. Um the violence is, like I said, definitely not, like, I love, I don't have a problem with the violence, if it's earned and if it's right and if it works for the, for what it needs to be, but there were just a few moments that I felt like was unnecessary and, and sometimes unrealistic, um, <laughs> again, from this movie, unrealistic, right, uh, well, I guess that's not true because you could say this could we could see a future like this potentially. I mean, I I don't know. I could I could foresee some brain computer interface. I mean, oh, there's yeah. already they're already you know the Neuralink is yeah. a is a is a technology that's being developed. Yeah. So, um, you know, we I guess it couldn't hurt to in the future like give a little quick plot synopsis so people know exactly. I mean, if you if you don't know or maybe you looked into this already, but I'll let well, Stanton give a quick one. Yeah, um, so basically, um, it's set in kind of an ambiguous time period, um, uh, there's some futuristic tech, but it's not necessarily set in the future, um, it's, as I said, it's ambiguous, um, Andrea Riceborough stars as kind of a corporate assassin called Tassia Voss, and she works for this shadowy corporation, her boss is Jennifer Jason Lee, played for, played by Jennifer Jason Lee. And um, she uses this brain implant technology to possess people, basically. And while she's possessing them, their will is suppressed. They're still in their mind, but their will is suppressed. And she's controlling their body, so she's basically possessing them to control them to go and use their body as a weapon to assassinate people. And then they eventually she'll she'll pull herself out by killing herself. Um, or killing the uh, the host, as it were, and that pulls her out of the that severs the neural link pretty much, um, and she ends up possessing um, someone to get close to Sean Bean's character, and things kind of go awry from there because she starts to experience some issues with the technology, 
and the guy that she possesses turns out to be not maybe not so willing of a host as previous hosts um and uh you know fun and hilarity ensue from there pretty much yeah yeah that pretty much sums it up so um with that said you know i got a lot more to say but uh, um just to kind of go back and just overall sum it up um uh, i did like it a lot uh, I won't say that I loved it, but I definitely did like it a lot. I would say that maybe my opinion dropped a little bit. Maybe I would put it now more at like a 7.5 or an 8. Um, and that's only, like I said, just because uh, it could be tough to watch. Um, I, I don't agree with some of the uh, over-the-top violence that could have been knocked down a little bit, I think. Just not for not that it was just violence for violence sake, but just that it felt unnecessary or, or a little too much which took me out of the moment a little bit. But yeah, just the overall uh, uh, the, the feeling I had watching the film, I think, is what really did it for me. I think I'm just not uh, into that that much of a, a dark... Uh, it's just so sad, you know? The whole thing, just to put it very simply it, it in a simple sad. way. It is kind it's, of a sad It's story, constantly sad. From, like, I don't want to start getting into spoilers, but like uh, without saying anything, like from... Uh, what's his name? What's uh, the Target's... Uh, well, not the target, but the the host's name. His name is Colin. Colin, yes. From his job, you know what what life can be like in this world. Yeah. To it's the very relationship dystopian. with yeah, to the relationship with his was it girlfriend or fiance? Girl, um, fiance. At this Fiance's point. Yeah. Uh, 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 father to, you know what life is like for. I'm terrible with names. What's her name? The. Uh, the Tassia. Tassia, yeah. Had these names in my head earlier, and I've lost them all. This is why I need notes. Anyway, um, the, her life and what, her, you know, with her uh, with her son and her, I guess you could say, estranged husband. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it all. It's all so sad, and it just it brought me down. But at the same time, that's what it's supposed to do, of yeah. course, you know? Um, but I think that's why I didn't. So, if anything, my reasons for finding negativity could almost be looked at because they did such a damn good job at making you feel what they wanted you to feel. Yes, so, yes. you know, you can look at it two ways there. We're definitely looking at it, uh, as the title suggests, subjectively. Yes, hey, that's right. We earned there our we title. Yes, our title. the subjective cinema. We have to say the title at least once every episode. <laughs> that's right. Better than the one we had when we were doing the test, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We will not return to that. <laughs> no, we won't. We won't say what that was. Anyway, uh, so that's my opinion um, on it, just without spoiling anything. So I'm... your final score would be? <sighs> eight. I'm going to go eight. Because now that I'm sitting, I, I was lower before, mm-hmm. kept having all these negative thoughts, but now that I, I sit here and go over it again, I, I'm thinking of these positive moments, I'm going to go eight. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um. This was second viewing for me when we watched it um, about a week ago, and I had heard of it and was not able to see it in the theaters. Obviously, no one was able to see it in the theaters. It premiered at TIFF back in 2019. Um, I think it was 2019, or it might have premiered digitally in 2020, actually, at TIFF. I know it premiered at TIFF, um, the Toronto International Film Festival, and... I had kind of had my eye on it, but it didn't seem to be anything special, and then I I think I read a couple articles, I don't even remember from where, I read some articles somewhere that called it out as being one of the best films, period, of last year, and so I decided to watch it, and I definitely enjoyed it. I would say there are moments that are uh, hard to watch. I, I agree with a lot of what you say about the violence. Um, 
there's only one moment in particular that goes overboard for me. The rest of it, the rest of it, I think, does serve a purpose. And even that moment that goes overboard, I think, could still it still serves a purpose if you interpret it that way. And and we'll get into that later. Um, so I would say some initial spoiler-free uh, thoughts about Possessor before we get into it. Um, the visually, it's uh, fantastic. I think technically not really any flaws that I could pick out. I think performance-wise, um, the two lead performances, uh, Andrea Riceborough and whoever plays Colin Tate, I forget the actor's name, um, they're, her performance is really good because she conveys losing, losing her, like, you can see that she, through doing this, has clearly lost some, some element of herself. Like, the way that she has to rehearse before she goes and talks to her, you know, her, her husband or whatever, which isn't really a spoiler. Right. Um, like, the way that she has to stand there and practice these interactions, like, that's a really good performance. Yeah. And similarly, um, the guy that plays Colin Tate, it's going to bug me, I'm going to have to look that up. <laughs> um, he does such a good job because he's essentially playing three roles? Because think about it. You got when he's he's playing Tassia Voss, talking through this person. Yeah. Then he's playing Tassia Voss, pretending to be this person. Yeah. Then he's also playing this person. Yeah. So that has to be <clears throat> so challenging as an actor. I it, mean, it's kind of mind bending when you think about it to even imagine trying to do that. That's it's yeah. I cannot imagine the the level of, of talent it would take. Christopher Abbott. Christopher Abbott, I salute you. You did a, a damn good job in Possessor. Yes. I would say, honestly, I mean, the Oscar nominations just came out, and I don't want to get into those right now, but right, right. if the Academy weren't so uptight, I could definitely see this this being an awards-worthy performance. Yeah. No, It's honestly. so good. Um. I also would would have to give a particular shout out to the effects in this movie. They're all I don't I don't want to say definitively that they're all practical, but I know all at least most of the gore has got to be practical and Seems that's like it. Yeah. really well done. I mean that's, you know, I have a a particular appreciation for practical special effects. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so it definitely looks good. It might look a little bit too good when we're watching in 4K, you know, <laughs> and it's like, "Oh, I need to look away too." But yeah. you know, it's 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 very well done. Um, so I would say, without doing any further analysis or getting too far into spoilers, overall rating for me is 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 a solid nine, honestly. Because yeah. I do have there are issues that I have with it, but there's no issue big enough to 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 knock it down. Right. You know what I mean? My right. my first my first impression when I when I initially finished my my first viewing was ten out of ten, and then on my second viewing which was with you, it kind of knocked it from a 10 to a 9 just because of some things that we'll get into when we start talking about right, it. Right, right. But overall, highly recommend. Uh, one of the best sci-fi movies of... Honestly, I would say probably the best sci-fi movie of last year. I can't think of any other really good sci-fi movies that came out last year. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> of course, to be fair, last year being what it was. True. <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, absolutely. It was definitely... Uh, an unexpected one from as far as I'm concerned too I wouldn't have even known about this had it not been for you 
Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, so that's that's your score, giving it a yep. nine. And uh, I guess then we can feel safe to move into spoiler territory. Yes, if you're ready for that. Yes, yeah, let's get into it. Do you want to walk it through from beginning to end, kind of thing, and what we think of it, or you just want to kind of go over what you know your pros and cons, your favorites? What? Um, let's do that. Like pros and cons, okay. favorite scenes, least favorite scenes. If there's anything that sticks out, you know. Right. Okay. All right, so, um, so you were a little bit more critical than I was. Your your overall yeah. rating was what, like a seven point five? Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely seven point five, eight. It's, it's the highest on it. I mean, and the more I analyze it, the more I think about it, I do feel um, a little bit more positive in some some aspects. And I I wonder because you've seen it twice, so I wonder what I would feel like on a second uh, go through. Quite yeah. honestly. But yeah, um, some of my things that I would say most positive, some of them I've already mentioned in my spoiler free, but the way that um, none of the exposition is really, you know, spoon fed to you, it's just such a drop in and, you know, you got to really figure it out as you go. And I found myself like asking you questions over and over, you know, like, well, what's, what's this mean? What's going to happen here? Can this happen? Uh, but yeah, to start off right off the bat, like, um, the opening, you know, grips you right away. Uh, I mean, I love the how quickly things are take off. You know what I mean? To really understand what you're. I mean, you told me you gave me a synopsis of what the movie was, but um, to really understand what's going on, it's it doesn't take you too long to to catch up and realize what's going on. Um, the world building that they do is incredible. Uh, the way that his and I'm see here, I'm terrible with the names, but. Um, when you see what his job is and the fact that he's looking yeah. in on people's lives and seeing Colin's job Colin's job yeah thank you Colin um, what a world that must feel like to I mean and that's just one aspect of it but it may, it gives you that um, that feeling of then wonder to think like well okay if this is one job like what the hell else like you know and this I mean we don't know how far in the future or if it even you know but what other types of weird jobs that 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 are so i mean can you imagine doing a job like that where you that would mess with your mind for I mean, life one of the at a certain point i think it's when tassia has possessed colin and she goes or he colin goes <laughs> tassia as colin goes back to after her first day on the job back to his apartment with his fiance and she's there with a few of her friends. And I think one of them actually makes the comment, like, you know, what does That's that right. do to you all day watching That's right. this? That's right, yeah. And I feel do. like it really would, intruding on people's privacy like that. Oh, yeah. And it's um, it's very dystopian. And I, I, the scary part is I could, if you told me that there was some company right now that was running <laughs> that exact operation, I would say, yeah, I'm not surprised by up. that at all. No, not sign me <laughs> oh, up, okay. but like... Just... I believe it. Like, right, right. I 100% believe that that is something that Absolutely. someday will happen. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, this is some of the things that, you know, maybe some people may, a lot of the more, you know, stuck up, I guess you could say, might have a problem with some of the nudity and things like that. But I think that that does, it's it's not nudity for the sake of nudity. It's it's very much serves the story, like, to make you feel uncomfortable that, like, yeah. this is a world where a job like this can exist and this guy has to, like, see these things as he uh, as he does his job. When this movie is described as a body horror movie, mm, it yeah. is not exclusively talking about gore. 
Right. Um, there are definitely elements of this movie that made me feel uncomfortable in a a in some sort of deep sense. Um, but but yeah, it does all serve a purpose. Yeah. Um, even even I mean even when uh, there's what there's I think there's one sex scene with Colin and his girlfriend. Yeah. And yeah. that that even that isn't just gratuitous. Like it no, serves to it, show right. Tassia's the mentality to do yeah. that. Yeah. And her her um, eroding mental state. Right. And how she's like she's you know she's you know. She's committed to she's this. Committed to it to delve into that and just do whatever it takes and yeah and 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 maybe even from what we learn like just this she maybe she takes maybe she gets off on it put yeah, it that way yeah. yeah that could be there's that <clears throat> think about you know you we, you you answered the question you know or you asked the question what must it do to you to be spying on people all the time but think about you know imagine being a possessor imagine yeah. controlling someone and like pretending to be this person yeah. and and going through and doing all this stuff and and it's more than just you possess a target and you go and kill this person it's you have to live, live as this life. person yes. for a certain period of time that's insane yeah it's it's such a scary and just chilling concept to even think about but yeah, um, and speaking of that, like when one of the first reactions was for her to go and and, and check out what he's working with, yeah. like yeah, again, there's you know more nudity and more like, but it, that that's you would do that anything yeah. anybody would do if anybody you swap that genders. says yeah anybody that says that they wouldn't immediately go check out their junk, they're lying. You know how like, many women I have spoken to personally. You ask them what the first thing that they would do if they had oh, a penis yeah. is, is go stick it in a melon. <laughs> okay, well. So, maybe, maybe just, I don't know, maybe I just have some, some very specific. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe but, uh, you should look at the people you're stick talking it, to. You know, but, yeah. you know what I mean. It's, right. People have those, those, those uh, inclinations. Um, but it, when she did that, it made me wonder... Do you think this is the first time that she's ever possessed a man? Or was she just was she was she like checking him out? Was right. she checking out what like you said what she was working with or was it like I've never been a guy before. What's right. this like, you know? What do you think? Like I was I, that's not something that I really occurred to me. That had yeah, to until me. you said it now. Yeah, I cuz my initial reaction was that okay, this is the first time she's being a male, you know. And I kind of took that as a story point to say that this was the first time. Uh but maybe not. Maybe she was just, you know, maybe that's, again, one of her things. She likes to... But that was what I took away from it. Yeah, I, I thought that it was her first time, and so she was seeing what that was like. And But, yeah, what do you think? Um, I don't know, man. I, I would like to... It seems like she's been doing this for a long time. That's the thing. So there's, yeah. I, it just doesn't seem like this would be the first time she would ever possess a guy. Like, she's she seems to be... In like her what, late thirties, mid to late thirties. You know, this is not her first rodeo. She's clearly experienced doing this. Right. So, yeah. Um. I will say, uh, we were talking about earlier when you mentioned her rehearsing her lines before she goes to see her, her husband and son. That part initially threw me a little bit because I thought, 
you know, at this point, I'm still trying to figure things out. And I thought by her doing that, it was almost as if she was, she had lived these moments and she was like remembering, okay, what are my lines? I got to say them again, which kind of threw me off. I was like, what is she going through like different times here? Like, but then I realized, no, it's just, she's just rehearsing how I, how do I speak? Uh, how she speaks to her family as compared to when she's someone she's not. Uh, and that hammers in later when you see um, when she's as... Uh, what Help me out here. What's his name again? Colin. Colin, yeah. Uh, in rehearsing like uh, lines and saying things as this person, you're like, okay, that's what she does when she's trying to... It, it doesn't necessarily mean that... Because she word for word had it down from what we see next. Uh, you know, her son answers the door. She says the exact line that she was rehearsing, and then she says, "Yeah." But it it made sense later. Um, <clears throat> I think the something I thought about later that I hadn't actually mentioned yet um, was I think the ending. I mean, no matter what, the end is going to be impactful, even if you had never even met the family and met the son. It's going to hit you, of course. Um, but I think a little bit more involvement or character development or anything with the son would have been a little bit, would have added something for me. Um, cause to be honest, when it was, when, when everything was going down at the end, I forgot she had a son for a minute. Like yeah. I, until things happen, I'm like, okay. Oh, that's right. Shit. Like there's a kid there. Like, uh, so and maybe that's just me. Maybe, uh, you know, it's to my, uh, my own fault but like I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more with her son or or interaction wise but I guess that all plays to the fact that she's she's slowly separating herself from that and that was kind of like the final you know yeah. snap uh, but I yeah would, that was something else I, I one negative thing that I thought of in my head but I would tend to agree with that um, I would say I would have liked there to have been a bit more characterization for the the son if only like on one hand yes you're correct about saying that it, it it shows that she's detaching more on the other hand i feel like if we had some more development about if we knew anything else more about this kid you know more than just he's got this weird creepy dancing robot right. that his dad just bought him like that's the only <laughs> yeah, thing that, we see that this was kid so do. strange <laughs> um yeah then it would have made him you know it would have made boom headshot a little bit more impactful yeah, i yeah. think um because, like, obviously, you know, seeing a kid getting killed is going to be shocking. It's always going to be shocking on its own, yeah. But when you get past the initial shock value of it, it's like, I didn't really know him, though. You know? Right. Um, but, I don't know. I think that that would have been... I feel like it lacked impact. There was the, the action... Like, you, you saw what was happening, and you're like, this is bad. This is crazy. But it's not like, oh man, you know, her her son who is like on the honor roll at whatever doing this, like you know, he's, or he's like, into all of these things. And or ha- I think had there been some kind of um, visual connect or, or you know, some kind of connection to to her with him or that. Yeah. Whereas like the most you see is just that initial, oh, mom's at the front door, and then they have a little bit of a conversation. Like you never see like, oh, he loves his mother. You know, right. You don't see that like. Uh, he drew his mom a picture, you know, because he was thinking about her. Anything yeah. to give, like, he really... He, he misses her. She's yeah. gone so much, you know, or something like that. Put emotion in there that there are feelings. There's love here, at least from the son, if not from her, you know, like, to give a, a more meaningful, oh, shit, 
at the end, you know, like that this is terrible, more terrible than it is, of course. But uh but yeah, that that was and just a minor thing for me. If we flip that though, if you think about it, it could also be um a way to demonstrate how he's detaching from his mother. Yeah. He never sees her. Well, clearly you know? she's absent so in a sense. Yeah. Maybe he maybe he doesn't really That's you right. Know? No, you're right. So maybe we as the audience aren't maybe we're not supposed to have that deep emotional reaction. Because right. she's maybe if we're supposed to identify with her and she's the protagonist, then our reaction to her killing her son should be cold because she is cold enough to do that That's and true. her her at the end when she's going through her like her baseline test whatever you want to call right. it going through the, the boxes the the items in the box and she comes to the the butterfly in the box and you know the the, the way the the blood pooled from the two bodies to show the same pattern and then for her to say at the beginning i killed this and mounted it and i still feel guilty about it and now i killed this and mounted it i love nothing. that yeah like, yeah she's gone now That's i love it. that that was an excellent like yeah to, to to just tap it all off with i think she's at that point she's ice cold oh yeah there's no more there's no more humanity left at that point and i get <clears throat> i don't know if i'm reading into this wrong but i get the feeling that like <clears throat> that was what is her name? The the woman who she works for, the one who who possessed the girder, girder, girder. She, I, I get the feeling that that was her goal. Like she wanted to to break her, and that was what it was like. She, I mean, she looked like she took, you know, she was happy about that. Yeah. that okay, now we, she's fully ours now. Like she's gonna be, yeah. And you, I think you see that as you see um, that she's going on that path at the beginning when yeah. when they're having their interview and and Tassia says something about wanting to get back with uh Michael. I want to say his name is Michael or Yeah, husband. I believe it is Michael. Um yeah. and then Gerder just kind of turns it turns to her and says something like uh you know, you guys are separated. Don't yeah. you remember that? Like yeah. you can see that she wants her to just totally yeah. already leave Break this life behind life, yes. and devote totally to the work. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say, I guess if the if the film has any antagonist, it probably is Gerder, then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because Tassia is obviously an anti-hero. Like, she does bad things. She murders people for her job. No right. matter who these people are, she's ultimately, she's killing people. That's her job. But she doesn't seem to be evil up until the very end, up until she's, you know, all the emotion is gone, she's totally cold, and I think it's Gerda that pushed her to that point, so... It's interesting yeah. how you you don't really... You know, you... This is an unpredictable movie, I would say. This is a oh, very yeah. unpredictable movie. How <clears throat> surprised... Were you surprised at all when Colin's friend from work turns out to be an inside plant, like a mole? Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, what? Okay. Yeah. And, like... <sighs> Well, I have some questions though that they brought up when you, you know, I don't know, it just came to me, but when you, um, speaking of like there being a mole, we understand how she possessed him, Colin. How did the boy get possessed? I mean, I mean, we can just leave that up to our imaginations. Assume that they, you know, they must have just, you know, grabbed him at some right. point, like they <laughs> obviously, yeah. yeah. But I, I just. I don't know. It, it didn't hit me until you said that. I was like, yeah, you know, but uh, we know how... The, but 
We don't know how that happened. And, of course, it'd be difficult to have that surprising moment if they explained it. You know what I mean? Right. So, of yeah. course, that that's kind of hard to do. But, that um, is a good question, though. But it would be nice if there would have been, at the end, some sort of... I don't have a clue, but some way to be like, oh, okay, that was how. You know? Yeah. But... Um, but yeah, it was just something I just randomly thought of. Um, some of the things, uh, like with, okay, the fact that Sean Bean is actually in this movie, but we don't really see him very much. Um, so I feel like, I don't know, anytime there's somebody that I enjoy watching on screen and then they're, you know, you hardly see them and you think they're in the movie, like, it sucks. I feel like they're a little underutilized. Um, but at the same time, I still definitely enjoyed his part and like, the brutal is it just how brutal it was him oh my god i mean i'm not when even the talk- eye pops out i was yeah. like okay oh yeah but i'm not even talking about like the the physical just disgusting part of it just in the look on his face and again that the, the credit to his acting but just the way that he's like ripping this dude's eyeball out and just like uh I could just be eating a sandwich right now. This is no different to me. This yeah. is all like this is normal shit. Yep. Like, yep. okay, uh, <clears throat> yeah. And then just the shooting in the back, just like, all right, I gotta finish this. Like, oh man, that whole scene was difficult to watch. For you know, of course, the the gross, the gross, the gross gruesomeness of it, but also just like. I don't know. They did what they set out to do, and it did a damn good job on me. Like you know, as far as making me feel extremely uncomfortable, and yeah, it was. If you view it, view that whole scene that you just described. You know, if if we view that scene from the perspective of Colin's fiance, you know, imagine Jesus. you fall in love with this guy. You know. You, things seem to be going well. Your dad gets him a job. You take him to a party to meet your dad and all this stuff. And eh, the, the reception's a little bit icy. Right. And then all of a sudden, he just goes apeshit out of nowhere and <laughs> gets thrown out. And you're like, well, who is this guy? I don't know this guy. And then yeah. he comes back, and he just goes nuts. And, like, imagine... How would you react? Like, if... what You know, what if... What if... What if... Uh, your wife just walked out yeah. here right now and she was, you know, about ready to murder you. Like, what would your reaction be? God, I well, can't even imagine that. I mean, my reaction would be, okay, yeah, I probably had it coming. No. <laughs> but, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I thought of that as well. Like, uh, I don't know. But that, you're absolutely right. That would be terrifying. And I can't imagine what she was thinking. I'm trying to remember, like, how much we saw of her reaction to it. Was there much? Did we see much of? Because I'm not remembering. Well, what? How does it play out? He comes in. Well, she walks away, and then yeah, he comes I believe in, she walks. And she away. walks back in while he's like, well, Colin's like in the middle, of like going right, down, and right. then she like runs away, and he like shoots at her, like shoots grazes her, her yeah. and then yeah, okay. So we don't really, yeah, you're right. We see so her she didn't initial have reaction. Too long to react, yeah, no. but which I mean. You know, well, how would you react, Jesus, other than to run away? Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. But, yeah. I think another way that the movie really s- succeeded in subverting my expectations um, is by not killing Sean Bean. Sean yeah, Bean dies that... in everything, and he's playing the target. Right. And he didn't and die. And he didn't die, yeah. And then the fact that, like, 
we don't know what's going to then happen from there. Like, And that's another thing. Like, all this goes down in her husband's house at the end. You know, you've got, by the end of it, you've got the dead body of Colin, of course. You've got the dead body of her son, the dead body of Michael. How do you explain that? How does that get, like, all right, like, sure, we secretively got her to possess Colin and then go and and take out the targets, even, well, not successfully one of them, but, like, uh, then what? How does that, how do these people, what does law enforcement think of this situation they walk into where there's this guy has no connection to these people? Like that's that's yeah I, that didn't occur you know? to me either. Or do they clean that up? Do they have a cleanup crew for that? That'd be interesting. That's the sequel, the cleanup crew for Possessor. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Just uh, be interesting to see. And there was no, I don't know if she just didn't know yet, but there was no reaction from uh, um, what's her name, the one her boss, what uh, again, Gerder, yeah. Like no reaction to the fact that uh, Sean Bean's character was still alive. Was there? Yeah, I don't think. No, no. So uh, maybe she just didn't know yet, or I don't know. But I mean, so technically, her prize assassin didn't really yeah, that's, succeed that's there. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I mean, well, she she halfway did. Like she killed the daughter. Right. So, which kind of brings me back to what I had said. Uh, I don't know if I said it during the first well, when we were watching it, or if I said it after. But said you know, I get that this she's she's hung up on her being her like you know being the best at this and she's gonna but you know you you think if this were an actual thing you would want somebody would you want somebody with their head screwed on tight or would you want some like a loose cannon like she seems to be because she gets off on this killing and stuff too or would you want somebody that's just kind of straight to a hitman type you know just about getting it done and like if i am employing if i'm running a company that is assassinating people or if I'm hiring an assassin to assassinate someone, I want Agent 47. Well, or yeah. I don't want anyone. Right. At all. I want Agent well, 47, course. or I want John Wick. I don't want somebody who's going to be like, I'm supposed to use a gun, but I feel like stabbing him 25 well, times that's for no reason. Exactly. So that's my point of like, she knew that she's like kind of a loose cannon. Yeah. Well, that's exactly why Sean Bean survived because she spent 20 minutes jiggling right. his eyeball. If she like that shot him. Yeah. Like if she would have just shot him, it would have been done. Case you know closed. Uh, so that, her obsession with her, I guess you could say, you know, being that, I mean, I guess there's others that do this, right? So, I don't know, just why she, you would think in that situation, you'd be like, she's too much of a liability, you know, no, yeah. we're done with her, but, um, but I don't know, there's a lot of, uh, obviously, this, this movie is very ambiguous, you know, there's not, or in vague, not a lot of, uh, stuff that not necessarily that needs to be explained but that you know we could just make assumptions about and I felt like at the end of it I understood what happened in the story and I didn't have any questions right. about that right but exactly. I had so many questions about, about the, the broader world, universe about the, yeah absolutely it was it's it was almost like uh think John Wick but like cut out anything that deals with the fact that he lives in this assassin world like yeah. just give you like the tiniest little bit that he's like Okay, he, he's, there is this big underground world, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. Like, yeah. just this little bit about this guy, which is intriguing. And, like, you know, I don't know that you could follow up this, but if you could and build on that world, I'd watch it, you know? Yeah. 
So I mean, who knows? We'll see what what uh, what Brandon Cronenberg That's does right, next. Yeah. I'm very I, interested. Regardless, to see. yeah, regardless, even if it's completely unrelated, I'm I'm excited to see now too. He's on my radar. Yeah, um, I do want to touch on my. I would say my main negative for this movie before we before yeah. we move on or, or anything, because um, I I've, I've just been seeing its praises. You know, I haven't really criticized it that much. Okay. I do think, and this is something that you have said, and it did strike me on first viewing, and particularly on second viewing, that while the violence is justified, it does overindulge to a certain to a certain aspect. It does overindulge, and I think that the final scene where she's chopping him with the, yeah. with the cleaver, I think that, or when I should say, when Tassia as Colin. Right. Is or that's that's ambiguous, but I think it's I don't know. I feel like at that point it was her controlling it. Yeah. That's why she went so overboard was because it was like, you know, fuck you man. Yeah. I'm tired of you in my life. I want you out of my life. <laughs> and I get that that's probably what what the director was trying to convey. But I still just felt like there were like a couple too many chops. Yeah. It was just a little bit too it was just it was just too. It was too much. Well, and for me I I think that I wouldn't have even thought of it and, and had an issue with the violence had it not been for the fingers flying. Yeah. Like, had that not... I get it. Yeah, it's cool. Chopped off half his hand, but, but like... I don't think Cleaver... On. Cleavers yeah. are not, like, with the... with as As... It didn't look like she like if you lay your hand on a table and you smack your fingers with a cleaver, you're you will not chop gonna, those off. Well, I feel like no, I mean I feel like really if you're really trying to chop, chop off yeah. your fingers with a cleaver, you could chop them off. Maybe. But if you're just like in a fight like that and just like like no, that's, you're <laughs> yeah. not just gonna be. It's not a lightsaber in the air like that. It's yeah, a cleaver. Maybe it turned into a lightsaber. Who could knows? be. It could have. Could have had like you know secret ability. We don't know. Well, he was bleeding though. If it was a lightsaber, he wouldn't have been bleeding. That's true. It would have been cauterized. Well, but, yeah, okay. Well, I tried. We just tipped our hand as to being real big nerds. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. How we end up talking about Star Wars while talking about Possessor, I'll never know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I agree. That was a little bit of a negative as well. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see. What else? You got anything else to speak on specifically? Uh, there's a lot of things that afterwards like i i didn't give too much thought um of while viewing it but then later uh looking at what other people thought and had to say some of the imagery like some of the stuff when you know it's fighting where the colin and her fighting to take control and what's happening with the, the like the fate whatever that I is love, i love <clears throat> when she first possesses him and it's like it's 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 like almost like breaking her consciousness down and building yeah. her back into him with the wax, like with the wax figures. Yeah. The way that they did that was so striking. Right. And like the thing with like the the little pixel or whatever it was that like she kept seeing. Um, Random like digital artifacts. Yeah, just artifacting stuff. Like did just such a wonderful job of, you know, showing that, that whatever you want to call it, reality breaking down or, or taking... Or, fighting for control or whatever it is that's yeah Yeah. just did such an incredible job of that um i would agree and so haunting like just that the face thing was just that 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 i'll always have that in my head i'll see that you know and and it's it's a it's a good bit of practical effects isn't it yeah it's really simple it's just it is it's it's a real mask it's a real deformed mask of her and it's just 
that actor, Colin, putting on that mask. Like, it's yeah. a simple effect, but it's so effective. It is incredibly effective, yeah. It's so, um, just, it, you just don't, you don't want to look at it. Yeah. Like, it's, looking at the cover, you think, oh man, what am I getting Oh into? yeah, just looking at the cover, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Because that's what's on the cover, right? Is like her, yeah. like yeah, oh, yeah. the face. That was the first thing, because when you first told me about it, and I saw that it was on Hulu, and I saw the cover, I was like, oh, well... This looks cool. Like, that's creepy as hell, and I want to see what this is. What is so, this? Yeah. <laughs> it was not what I expected, but I'm very happy. Like, it was it was very good. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, honestly, that about covers it for me. I don't know. What Do you, you got anything else? Um, no. I, 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 I do think it had a good soundtrack, too. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. There, it didn't, not from like a, it doesn't have a licensed soundtrack or anything, but the original score is very good. Right, right. Um, it sets the mood. So I will say this, we'll end this off uh, with something that I want to incorporate into this, and we'll see how it works out from podcast to podcast, see if this is something that we like, if, if our listeners like. But um, I want to just say, you know, what is one standout anything, one moment, one scene, one interaction, whatever, that that was just what you would consider to be your favorite part or yeah, just what really stands out to you in this movie that, that you consider to be your do you have a favorite moment? I mean, I do. I just wondered if, if um, you did as well. You go first. You sure? You okay. go first. Alright. Um so I mean there there was a lot of things that really stood out to me um that I, I was trying to decide exactly what it was, but I think Every time that we talk about this or when we talked about doing this uh, um, this movie for the podcast, um, the one thing that that always uh, came back to me, I guess I could, could say, uh, was, of course, the end is very impactful, everything that happens. Um, and, of, and, of course, uh, what happens with her son. Um, but at the same time as brutal as that was with the violence and everything and we talked about how it got a little bit overboard with the finger cutting and all that the realization for me what it was and maybe probably because I'm a father so the realization to me from what she was doing to Michael in that moment I wasn't thinking about the son I, like I said I forgot that she had the son there and so the violence was fucked up enough as it was and traumatizing and all that. And then when you realize that, that the kid is there, you know, most people are probably focused on, well, what happens next, obviously. But my initial thought was, Jesus Christ, this kid just saw all this. Yeah. And it didn't even hit me because I was before that, like, forgot. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, your mind races that, like, well, he's fucked up for life. But then, of course, well, he doesn't have a life now. Yeah. But yep. that haunted me in that moment of thinking, like, oh, my God, this kid just saw his dad get... Butchered. Butchered, yeah. Was, like, yeah, it shocked me in that moment. And it just really stuck with me. And every time I think about it and I think about, you know, us doing this, I thought about that moment and was, like... I want to talk about that, but I'll save that for my favorite moment. Like, yeah, I, even though it's a terrible moment, it's, it's my favorite moment because it sticks with me, you know? Uh, and that's what it's all about to me. It's about, you know, 
with movies in general. It's about those moments that stick with you, whether for good or bad, you know, mm -hmm. whether they make you happy, sad, cry, whatever. And that was like a terrifying moment in a lot of ways. Well, I will say, um, I like this idea of yours, this thing that we're doing for every movie, finding like a standout. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Um, for me, I would say it's, it's the whole sequence, honestly, from when they show up at the party to when Colin jams the glass in his skull. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. That whole, yeah, yeah. that whole sequence is so well done. When they, when he meets her dad and, and her dad is just such a dick. Yeah. And then the way that Gerder tells Tasia to get into like a public fight and get yourself thrown out. And the, the acting in that scene is so good. Like the way he walks up to him and picks a fight and then, you know, they're trying to pull him back and yeah. his fiance comes out of nowhere and is trying to talk to him and he just like snaps at her, like screams at her and her reaction, <laughs> she just looks like, like she like, just recoils, like what? Yeah. It's like, it was so good. That whole sequence was just so well done. Yes, it was. And then it makes it that much more impactful when he finally sneaks back in and, you know, finds the fireplace poker and goes crazy and all that stuff. Right. Um, and then to cap it off, you know, with with him, like my reaction when he when he jammed the glass in his head was like, oh my god, what does this mean? Like, did, did <laughs> yeah. he kill her? Is yeah. he in control now? Like, that whole, yeah, I would say that all the rest of the movie aside, if you just isolate the whole movie and make that like like a short film, yeah, with like a twenty yeah, minute that's sequence, what I was thinking, yeah. very compelling. Oh yeah. So to answer your question. I uh, that is a, that is a very good one, absolutely. Well, do we want to talk about what we're doing next time? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we what should are do we that. Next time? So, um, what do you want to do? The sound of metal next time? I think that's what we should do. Yeah. So we we were talking about. Well, I'll let you take it. Actually, go ahead. All right. So that probably wraps up our thoughts on transistor. Transistor. Fuck. Why do I keep <laughs> wanting to call this transistor? God transistor. damn it! <laughs> like a. Tra Fuck. Like a transistor radio? Yeah. You know we're keeping this, right? Yep, yep, yep. I don't oh. know why I keep thinking of that game from, like, years ago with the red-haired chick who sings and stuff, and she's got, like, a big sword. It was called Transistor. I don't know why I keep... I don't know why. That's fantastic, like though, guys. Go check out Transistor. Yes, 10 uh, out of 10. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so... No more about Possessor or Transistor or any <laughs> anything else. Next yeah. time, we're probably going to be talking about Sound of Metal. Uh, came out last year. It's got Riz Ahmed, Olivia Cook. Uh, it's been getting some awards buzz. It actually got a Best Picture nomination as well as a Best Supporting Actor and Best S Actor. I wanted to say Actress, but no. Best Supporting Actor and Best Actor nominations. So, um... I don't know if we're going to talk about all the Best Picture nominees, but we're at the very least going to talk about that one because I've already seen it, and I definitely have some things to say. Adam has not seen it yet, but I have encouraged him strongly to go and view it. Yes, and I am going to. And uh, as he said, yeah, we're going to try to, to watch them all in hopes that we can form our own opinions and uh, maybe make some uh, guesses. Educated yep. guesses, I Predictions. Guess. Predictions, that's the word I'm looking for. I have, not to brag, you know, I don't want to brag, I don't want to boast, but I like toast. <laughs> and I've also predicted every best picture correctly since Spotlight. Well. Me I mean, and a, a buddy of mine, an online friend who I don't, I don't talk to anymore because he just stopped getting online. 
we had like an, an a running for years we would do Oscar oh, yeah. bets or not bets but Oscar predictions. Right, right, right. And like I, you know, I would be hit or miss with everything else on the board, but typically, not typically, every time after since Spotlight, which I think was 2014 or 2015, I I nailed every single one. Fantastic. So, we'll see if I can keep the streak going. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'll just jump in and uh, see what I can... I don't know. Maybe first time or, you know, maybe I'll be able to figure it out. I don't know. But either way, I'm excited to watch that. Um, we will do that for next week's. Yep. Um, if we do have any listeners and you guys want to make any suggestions, we're open to that. I guess we'll see you guys next week. We are the Subjective Cinephiles, and thanks for listening. Yep, thanks for listening.